Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to So You Owned a VW Bus, the podcast fueled by the stories of VW Bus folks and fuel injected by Blue Bus Coffee Roasters. This is some high-octane Java, folks. And brewed by our guest today, Kevin Anderson, a musician, teacher, coffee roaster, and owner of a VW Bus. I have a 1972 VW Westphalia, although it has the Camp Mobile top, which was the one that was made in uh, St. Andrews, Indiana. So and rather than the angled pop-up top, it's popped straight up and has the double bed up top rather than a cot. It was purchased by my mom and dad in 1987, and then I ended up with it um, shortly after that and have done, you know, been working on it ever since, so in various stages. The original motor in the bus had been replaced. Uh, it was that uh, was the first year they went to the flat four um, that wasn't that traditional Beetle motor. Mm-hmm. Um, they only used that motor in North America, and there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, suitcase motor. Yeah, suitcase oh, yeah. motor. Yeah, and they're expensive to work on. And um, I mean, they're great in that they just have such a small footprint and it just fits in and it worked and that worked with their platforms with the with the fast backs and the square backs um and it's also said the same motor that was in a porsche 914 um it's that same motor so the second motor for our bus came out of a porsche 914 so when i was a kid i had a paper route and you know one of my customers uh, collected porsche 914s and they were parting one out and so we picked up that motor for the bus um at that point, because that the first motor, it was cheaper to buy the Porsche motor that was still in running condition than it was to rebuild the one that was in there. Um, so, so that's motor switch number one. So that motor was in there. The bus was repainted, done. I redid the interior, so forth, so on and so forth take our trip out west i was going out to uh colorado for a geology field camp uh from there after field camp took a trip to the grand canyon and then on the way home from the grand canyon in a construction zone this is the this is why the the motor blew up in a walled construction zone where you couldn't pull off on either side the fan belt blew and it was 100 degrees outside so which instantly caused the motor to shoot the plug, shoot a spark plug straight out of the head. And there you go. And then the motor was just toast at that point. So in the middle, in the middle of Illinois and it just blew up and there's that. Oof, that is awful. Yeah, but he got it repaired and then they headed West with their heart set on some new adventures. The type of adventures right out of a Coen Brothers movie. My now wife and I were were heading out to just to visit the Grand Canyon. We're almost at the Grand Canyon, so why not go see it? So we headed out and left Colorado. It was dark, and you know, which isn't a bad time to uh, travel in an air cooled vehicle because it's cooler out. Maybe you're going to be traveling through. You know, desert climates, it's it's better to do it when it's not, you know, baking out if you're going to cover some ground. So we're driving in New Mexico and we found that there was they were doing some road construction. 
Well, since they were doing road construction, they have the the brilliancy of of removing all the road signs on these. We weren't on interstates; we were just on state roads, and so we missed our turnoff. And suddenly, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere, not quite sure where we are, but we're still going straight. Nobody around, pitch black, stars everywhere. And as we're continuing, we see a car that seems to be on our side of the road. And we're like, we turn to each other, is that that car look like it's on our side of the road? Yeah. So I start to slow down as we get a little closer. And it is on our side of the road and it's parked. And as we're driving around it, we see four guys throwing a body in the trunk. We turn to each other and say, did you just see what I saw? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh shit! <laughs> we're like, here we are. We're in a '72 V, you know, blue and white VW bus. Not very inconspicuous, and not, and not very fast. And at that point, was using about a quarter oil every hundred miles because you know it's an old motor. We just drove and drove and drove and kept looking in our rear view mirrors until we finally came out to a highway that actually had some traffic and figured out where we were because we had no idea where we were. At that point, we finally felt comfortable enough to put oil in the motor and figured out that we were probably about 150 miles south of where we had wanted to turn (laughs) and then took that road back up to a little town called Chama. And ended up having to stop in Chama and then pull behind a a Dairy Queen to kind of hide ourselves because we didn't know if we were being followed, right? Just saw a body being thrown in a truck. You always hear these things happening, but you never think you're going to actually see it, right? And so we kind of pulled behind this Dairy Queen and kind of hunkered down for the rest of the night because we were about out out of fuel at that point, too. And, you know, this is the early 90s and gas stations used to close. And... (laughs) So we had to, we just had to wait until the morning. So they never went west ever again. That doesn't sound correct. Second big trip out west was uh, just out of college. Um, uh, my wife, um, who was my girlfriend at the time, and our dog all piled in the bus, and we we're gonna go out on a month long trip out west. And we went and we hit, went up to Yellowstone, you know, drove around to you know, Mount Rushmore, all of that. We were, we stopped at Wall Drug because you know you have to stop at Wall Drug. You see, you know, billboards for it for hundreds of miles, so you have to, you have to stop at Wall Drug. And our dog, uh, she was a little border collie mix named Takara. She was an awesome dog, super smart, and she. Uh, we had left her in the in the bus as we went into Wall Drug. You know, all the windows are open. I think we might even pop the top because just to give her extra air. And she was a great traveling dog. She loved it. But we come back, and the van is filled with smoke. And we we open up the door, and she's there, and she's sitting hunkered down in the back seat like she had done something wrong, and she had. She had dug underneath the carpeting where there were wires running to a power amplifier for the radio system and grounded them out and basically had started a small smoldering fire of wiring that we had to quickly put out before the bus burst into flames. That is, I had, of course, you always have to have tools when you have an old vehicle. We had all that. I cut all the wires out really fast. Just cut them. Just clipped them. And, you know, got everything out, fires out, 
cleared to smoke, we were like, okay, so the only thing that really happened is we don't have a radio. That's what we thought until about 300 miles later when we realized, oh, we also cooked the the uh, generator and the voltage regulator, and now we're in the middle of Wyoming where there are no parts. At this point in my bus ownership, I've come to recognize a certain interval in the life of each combi, a period of dormancy, the long silence, like waking from a winter slumber to find the world fresh anew. Wow, that's really very poetic. You think so? It's okay. Maybe I should just let Kevin tell it. So it sat for a long time until I finally said, okay, I've either... Okay, back backtracking a little bit. So this is happening. It's sitting here. About every two months, somebody would try to buy it from me because they always say they come up and they say, "Can I take a picture with your bus?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, go fine, sure." Can I buy that from you? No, not today. I said, "Ask me a different day." I said, "You might get a different answer." I said, "But no, I'm not going to sell it." Um, and so finally probably about two years ago, I said, okay, I either have to do something with my bus or I've got to sell it. Cause you know, it's like Fisher cut bait, you know, cause it's not going to do anything. It's not good for it to just sit there. So I, I started tearing it apart. I started going through all the mechanical systems myself. And the funny thing is it had been sitting for so long, the fuel lines had rotted out, which is actually probably not a bad thing. Cause it sadly the gas all dripped out, but it, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing. So, I've replaced all the fuel lines. I got everything. I've got the cylinders lubricated, put some gas in it, put a fresh battery in. It started right up. So what does someone do with a resurrected bus? They sell some really primo coffee. Kevin's business is called Blue Bus Coffee Roasters. And well, here, I'll just let Kevin tell it, actually. Why I ended up starting my business was you know, COVID, COVID hit, right? And COVID has really slowed down my bus too. So my bus needed to have some restoration work done and, you know, COVID. So when COVID hit, all of my music work went away. All of my teaching work went away. So what do I do? I'm like, well, people have always said, Kevin, if you made your coffee, you know, if you started selling your coffee, I would buy it. I'm like, maybe now's the time I start up my coffee business because everybody's going to still drink coffee no matter what's going on. So that's why I started, you know, Blue Bus Coffee Roasters. For a coffee roaster who is just starting out, Blue Bus is doing it right. And there's open roads ahead for Kevin. And I do plan to do uh, deliveries in the vehicle and then, you know, take it to farmer's markets because, you know, the bus is just a draw. Everybody, you know, when they see an old bus or, you know, even an old beetle or a thing, especially, people are always drawn to them because they're just fun. I mean, they're fun. They're not, you know, a sports car, but they're quirky and they just have a great look about them and they're just fun. Kevin gave us some coffee, and folks, this, for real, is great stuff. But that's not the only reason to love Blue Bus. I do uh, go through an importer out of South Bend, Indiana, and they have about 64 varieties that they carry. And then I try to pick the ones that... um, 
uh, are organically raised. I try to do rainforest uh, sustainability and good farming practices. I also try to, where I can, support uh, women-run co-ops because a lot of the women in these areas are marginalized and and this is a a good way to help support them and help them get a leg up in these countries because, you know, the countries that coffee are grown tend to be more third world areas and, you know, so I also want to make sure that um, the farmer is also being paid a fair wage as well. So, Whereas my coffee might be a little bit more expensive, there's reasons behind that. If you're interested in ordering Blue Bus Coffee, Kevin will ship directly to you. You can choose your bean, your roast level, and all the other bells and whistles. It's really pretty amazing and highly customizable. You can find him online at bluebuscoffeeroasters.com. You can find us online at ontheroadwithaddy.com and on Instagram, ontheroadwithaddy. Addy is spelled A-D-I-E. Until next time, everyone.